At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. A warm and friendly hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for Jessica Hoops with myself, Craig Hoops, and now part of the Eastern Family and Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you. We haven't been seeing a lot of news and notes in college basketball, so we're going to keep this one to two parts as Danielle Avari, she does a great job with our Los Angeles CityCast over here at VSIN. And we've got CityCast for a lot of different cities where we just take a look at sports betting from a little bit more of a local perspective. We've got them for Washington, D.C., Chicago, Detroit, throwing their Denver, Colorado. Obviously, Danielle does the one for Los Angeles, Philadelphia. So we've got you covered in a lot of cities. And as we know, out there in Los Angeles, we've seen some news with those teams in USC and UCLA committed to joining the Big Ten within the next few years. So we're going to be talking with her about that. We'll also talk about just how strange Pac-12 has been in general outside of really your flag bearer teams in the two Los Angeles schools, along with Oregon and Arizona. Not a lot of production there. And we're also going to be diving into what we could wind up seeing in the landscape of West Coast basketball in general and what to expect when we do wind up seeing conference realignment as well with regards to gameplay, pace of play, and just how Mick Cronin might actually be the perfect coach for UCLA dealing with these sorts of ordeals. Also get her out on asking how we think that Gonzaga is going to be doing for this upcoming season as well because they've got themselves a locked and loaded roster. And if you do like appearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have any question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. We did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today. So we'll be chatting with Danielle on the other side right here. on Coast Coast Soups with myself, Greg Hughes, and now part of the Eastern Family of Podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Cups to Cups Hoops with myself, Jay Hoops and now part of the Vison Family a Podcast. It is great to get on the host of the LA City Cast on this podcast. As we know, Los Angeles has been in the news quite a bit in terms of college basketball recently because they're the newest members of the Big Ten right now with USC and UCLA heading over there. So we've got a lot to talk about with that regard. And Danielle Avari does an absolutely amazing job with the City Cast. And on top of that, she is the MC actually for UCLA men's and women's basketball. Also does a great job just taking a look at the game of basketball in general. As this time of year, she actually does a great job tearing it up for the WNBA. For anyone looking for some daily sweats outside of Major League Baseball, she does an amazing job there. And to be able to follow Danielle on Twitter, easy enough. Her name, Danielle Avari, is the Twitter handle. And Danielle, it's always great to get you aboard. Thank you. Yes, Greg, thanks for having me on. Lots of news breaking this time of the year that's supposed to be a slow sports part of the season. Yep, who knew that here in the middle of July we would be talking about my home state of Wisconsin having new rivals for a few years down the line that are going to be out there in L.A. in USC and UCLA. And what are you just wind up making out of this in general? Because 
it's just very strange when it comes to the geography, but I feel like it makes a little bit more sense when you take a look at the dollars and cents for one and for two. I don't know about you living out there in Los Angeles, but I'm out here in lovely Las Vegas, and it feels like about 37 people have access to the Pac-12 network, and I can't think that that wound up helping things out too much. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because even if you just look at the Pac-12 network since its inception just about 10 years ago in 2012, it's just been run really poorly from the beginning. People don't have access to games. They failed to get deals done with companies to be able to actually get the games on TV so people can see these markets. So it's no surprise, no shock to me that USC and UCLA, who are in this huge Los Angeles market, are on their way out. And it's interesting because there's so many facets of this. We hear people talking about, obviously, the monetary issue um, and the gains that stand to be gained here for these two teams as they go into this. And then, of course, there's the smaller sports. You can look at that, too, who are now going to be having to travel across the country. Everything outside of beach volleyball, I believe, is going to be switching it up. So how that affects all of the other smaller sports. Ideally, the additional money and income that's going to be coming in with them joining the Big Ten is going to be what kind of contributes to advancing all of the sports. And UCLA historically has not spent a lot of money on football the way that USC has, actually. And so now to see them in the last couple of years actually go after a top prospect and Chip Kelly, who's now the head coach, and and has taken so long to finally get things going four seasons to get them back above 500 eight and four last year also the nil stuff starting to come into the mix the covid stuff starting to come into the mix in the middle in his tenure really at ucla and how that's had an impact so i think ucla was set up to be in a very bad position before this deal this deal almost a lifeline of cash and influx to them and actually tracy pearson of bruno port online wrote a really great article about this as well that's worth checking out but this could be the lifeline that ucla needs because they historically have not spent a ton of money on football and this influx of cash is going to be huge for that program and how much of this wound up having to do with football and the other sports because as we know football is king when it comes Mm -hmm. to college sports for a lot of programs it winds up funding everything else but as we know with ucla a little bit different for them because I mean, you've got all the championships that John Wooden wanted winning back in the day. And even recently, the UCLA Bruins were able to go from the first four to the final four. And I mean, that is really what you think of UCLA a little bit more for basketball rather than football. I mean, heck, we've seen USC, a school that, as we know, they've had their great successes in football. They've become a little bit more of a basketball power, making the Elite Eight in recent years as well. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a public university versus a private university, first and foremost. Second of all, USC's donor base, incredible. Their alumni base, incredible. And UCLA just recently having their alumni kind of put the bill that the public school university was not, or public university was not going to do. So you have a little bit of donor fatigue, I think, with UCLA, as opposed to USC, who has this really, really strong base for that stuff. So it's no surprise to me that their recruiting or all of those other things would be more successful when they invest more money. It's funny how that works. But obviously, there's a lot of high expectations for Lincoln Riley coming in this year for football. I do think that UCLA's basketball dominance has kind of returned to the scene which is really nice to see and I do think that it's funny if you look even like there'll be memes about UCLA football in the Big Ten versus UCLA basketball and just how more dominant they'll be in the basketball era of things than football I don't think this is going to be a good thing for UCLA football in terms of competitiveness right away Um, and what's really going to be interesting too is if we start to see a lot of Southern California kids getting recruited to schools that are not UCLA and USC if they do not live up to these expectations and perform well and how much more UCLA is going to lose out on these Southern California kids not only to USC now but to these other Big Ten schools. Yep and I think that that's so interesting because I do feel like it works a little bit of both ways as well as joining me on the podcast we do have daniel Vari does a great job with our city cast over there for los angeles and we've got a lot of city cast when it comes to like chicago 
Chicago, New York, Denver, list goes on and on. And Danielle does a terrific one out there for the city of Los Angeles because you mentioned it in terms of the recruiting and just the style of play as well. I think that what gets lost on a lot of people is that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are just completely different styles of play. In the Big Ten, it's really, really slow. You rely upon that seven-footer like at Illinois. It was Kofi Coburn for so long. This year, it's going to be Hunter Dickinson over there at Michigan. And I do feel like when it comes to USC, honestly, with the Mobley brothers, they were able to play a little bit more of that style out there in the Pac-12, but you don't necessarily have a lot of dominators when it comes to big men down low. In the Pac-12, it's a little bit more guard-oriented. And I think that that's going to be unique as well, because what I always notice in terms of college basketball is that when you wind up introducing a little bit of a new style, and I think that you'd agree with me, UCLA, not a team that in recent years under Mick Cronin has been a team that has really been relying upon their big men. When you wind up zigging while everyone else is zagging, it either feels like it's a great success or a great failure. These teams that they wind up going a little bit off the beaten path, they aren't necessarily teams that they wind up going like 500 in conference. They either wind up winning it or they wind up sort of crashing and burning. So I think that that aspect of it is going to be interesting as well, on top of obviously the travel going from California over to like Rutgers in January, I don't think is going to be too fun. No, not so fun. And I don't think what these kids signed up for, fortunately, they're at least two years out from that so they can make an informed decision about where they'll actually be playing. I agree with you. The style of play is completely different. And funnily enough, I could not be more grateful that Mick Cronin is the head coach at UCLA basketball right now because as far as live betting goes, which is something that I love to do, especially in basketball, um, and has been much more successful for me, honestly, than pre-flop numbers, Mick Cronin is a coach that I trust to make mid-game adjustments, in-game adjustments, and for that team to be really successful at doing that. And I think he's coming and instilled this culture that's really uh, the team has bought into. And as a result of that, for whatever reason, this is a coach that I can trust to make those mid-game adjustments. And we've seen that time and time again, even in the last two uh, March Madness tournaments with these teams. So I do think that while there's going to be a different style of play and there's going to be a learning curve to step up to, if there's anything that Mick Cronin and his staff do well, it's stepping up to the learning curve. I think that USC is actually going to be the team that suffers a little bit more. Now they have historically recruited the faster, showier guys, if you will. Maybe they can just kind of five-star their way to another Elite Eight, as you mentioned. But I do just think they lack that basketball culture that's going to take them a little bit deeper uh, than that Elite Eight type of run. And I think it's so interesting that you pointed out, Mick, Cronin and the way that he winds up coaching because as we know prior to him getting to UCLA he was at Cincinnati and those mm-hmm. Cincinnati teams that he was coaching they were never necessarily blazers in terms of getting up and down <laughs> the floor he has actually been able to recruit the Midwest as well because as we know Tiger Campbell point guard of this team right Iowa. now he's a guy that wanted coming in from the Midwest exactly many people actually thought he was going to be going to DePaul before he wound up going to UCLA. So I think that if there is a program that is going to be able to make this work, it is probably going to be UCLA because I do think that that Midwest background that Mick Cronin has, I think it's just so important for UCLA making this move. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that they couldn't be in better hands at this moment and UCLA's basketball is obviously on the rise. I think that USC football has a similar amount of energy behind it right now where people are expecting so much out of Lincoln Riley and all of these goodies he's been adding to his roster. And so you could be seeing that start to take off in the next couple of years. So it's pretty obvious, pretty straightforward. No one would be shocked to hear that UCLA basketball is probably going to meet some tougher competition, I would say, too. It's interesting because we've talked about this on this podcast before, too, about how the Pac-12 basketball, it's dog-eat-dog. It's like these teams that are supposed to be the number one team in the league all of a sudden will lose to, like, 
the eighth or ninth team and you're like, what's going on? This is so hard to handicap. I think we're going to see that less as they enter the Big Ten here. Um, and I think that the teams at the top are actually going to continue to dominate. It's not going to be as dog-eat-dog as the Pac-12 was, which would be interesting, actually, as far as betting is concerned. Yeah, but what has been so troubling with the Pac-12 as well and what I think has actually led to this move, too, as we do have Daniel Avari of the LA CityCast joining me on the podcast, is that we've seen just a lot of non-competitive teams in the Pac-12 in recent years because for the most part, it has been the two LA schools. You're able to throw in their Arizona and Oregon mm-hmm. at the top. We wound up seeing Cal make an NCAA tournament run in 2016, I think it was. Might have been 2015, but ever since Viking Jones wound up taking over that program, they have been a complete and utter disaster. Jared Hess has as many NCAA tournament appearances at Stanford as the two of us. Washington State, they seem to be going in the right direction, but that's been a little bit up and down. And when it comes to the Pac-12, I think that this has just been really the power conference that over the last few years, aside from that 2020 season, which you wound up having those teams catch lightning in a bottle, be able to make the Elite Eight, that has been the most disappointing because I mean, you've got your sort of flag bears, the four teams I mentioned at the top, and then everyone else. Once in a while, you get a lightning in a bottle run out of them, but that's been about it. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State comes to mind with that lightning in a bottle reference, obviously. And I and then they won three to- games last year. Yeah, exactly your point. I think that it'll be interesting to see how that affects these teams, obviously, outside of the Pac-12 that are obviously now scrambling to figure out where they're going to land. Is the Pac-12 going to retain them and become the Pac-10 again or whatever? And by the way, can we change all the numbers? We have to change all the numbers on the order. I hate, I hate that it's called the Big, the Big 10, 10 without 10 16 teams. teams. I hate it. Anyways, but you wonder what's going to happen to these teams and how it's going to affect them to have some of the top competition in UCLA and USC out of their division. What is that going to do for teams like Oregon State or even Washington State as far as competitiveness goes? Are they going to be looking to join something like the Mountain West and the Mountain West? has been picking up steam in a lot of regards as well so it'll be really interesting to see how it all shakes out and it's really complicated to listen to people try to break down well perhaps these teams will go here or they'll go here and it's like we'll just have to let all the dust settle and see what we're left with and I mean, forget about realignment, because I do think that San Diego State, when it's all said and done, they probably wind up making a little bit of a step up. I think that that would probably be the most logical move if the Pac-12, pretty much Pac-10 right now, but the Pac-12 <laughs> as we know it right now, winds up picking up a team. I think that San Diego State certainly is in that mix, but you mentioned it with some of the smaller schools out there in the West Coast, and I really think that they made some good moves. And ironically enough, it feels like a lot of these good mid-majors of the West Coast, they've been poaching guys from the Pac-12 because and you look no further than Wyoming, they bring in three guys from the California schools. I always wind up getting this name wrong, but Max Ogo Campolo, along with Ethan Anderson, wind up going from USC, and then they wind up bringing in a gentleman in Jake Hyman from UCLA. You take a look at even what we're getting with Andre Kelly going from Cal to UC Santa Barbara. San Diego is bringing in multiple guys that average 10 points per game from the Pac-12 as well as Jaden Dallaire. You're able to throw in there as well from Oregon, Eric Williams Jr. He's going to be heading over to play for Steve Lavin, and it's been really troubling to take a look at it. And it's been one of the most confusing thing because I mean, these guys have actually had success in a power conference in the Big 12 and they're electing to step down and step in the West Coast. And that to me was really troubling. And this was going on even before USC and UCLA decided to go to the Big 10. Yeah, that's the big question, right? And at that point too, you wonder what is recruiting going to look like also for just these other 
Pac-12 schools and what they're <laughs> going to be competing for as far as uh, options now that UCLA and USC are are headed out of their conference. What does that mean for for these schools? And does that mean that their recruiting pool is going to get less talented? It just seems like a death sentence in a lot of ways for the recruiting for those other schools. Yep, I agree with you. And what I think is going to be interesting is if we would ever really see a West Coast version of what we wind up getting with the Big East as well, because I know that you're someone that you've got some ties with Gonzaga. And obviously Gonzaga is a big draw right now. You've got to feel like there's going to be a lot of conferences that when it comes to the same age of realignment, they're going to want Gonzaga just for basketball and basketball only. But I think that that opens up a big giant ball of wax as well, because you've got a lot of schools out there in the WCC where they compete right now that they really have limited to no football. A team like San Diego, they compete at the FCS level, but they don't necessarily do a whole heck of a lot in terms of that. So I think that that winds up opening up a little bit of an interesting question as well. Do you wind up seeing maybe some of these Pac-12 schools that are still remaining decide to add in Gonzaga as like a basketball-only school, something of that nature, because this is really unprecedented times right now in Gonzaga. It's just so unique in the way that they're set up where it's pretty much basketball and not necessarily a lot else, so I will give a little bit of a shout-out to the baseball program, which is good, too. Yeah, and also their women's basketball, pretty decent as yes. well, and making some noise. Yeah, Gonzaga is funny, actually, as you mentioned, because the, actually the one reason I chose not to go to Gonzaga is I wanted to cheerlead in college, and they didn't have a football team, and I thought, well, that's half the fun. But it is regret in a little ways, because I'm like, well, also... The, the Gonzaga basketball team is so incredible that to miss out on the opportunity to be following around a program like that, obviously. But yeah, it is going to be just that interesting. They're that anomaly in that way when they have just that strong of a basketball program. And it's year over year. There's no low years for this Gonzaga team. They just continue to get better and better. But as it pertains, even as we're talking about the Southern California prospects, I mean, five months left in the early signing period and a quarter of the Pac-12's 2023 blue chip commits play in Southern California, only six of 24. It's going to be brutal moving forward. Yep, it certainly is going to be interesting to take a look at this. And you just wonder what's going to happen with some of those mid-major schools too, because we've seen a lot of good mid-major programs be able to build themselves up. UC Irvine, you're in and you're out, has been solid. UC Santa Barbara, they really don't have anything when it comes to football, but in terms of the basketball landscape, they've been able to do a solid job as well. So I think that there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered. And I did wind up bringing up Gonzaga, so I've got to ask your thoughts mm-hmm. on this coming into the season where would you put Gonzaga going into the college basketball season in terms of your rankings because personally I've got them as a very very close number two I've got UNC number one because they did wind up bringing back darn near everyone from a team that wound up making a title run on top of that they wind up adding in there someone in Pete Nance for the one piece that they're losing and Brady Manic. you wind up bringing in a good cog and Pete Nance a guy that's able to shoot 45 percent from three as a six foot ten combo player that's really hard to compete with but with Gonzaga you were fearing that they might wind up losing a few guys to the NBA draft darn near everyone that wound up having decisions like Drew Timmy like Julian Strother they're all going to be coming back and then when you wind up throwing in their Malachi Smith the SoCon player of the year I think that this is a team that once again they're going to be towards the top they're going to be fighting for a one seed and they're going to be one of the favorites to be able to win the title I've got them number two personally I'm not sure if you've got them somewhere in that neighborhood but I think that they're in for another massive year. Yeah, there's one thing that Mark Few does exceptionally well that is so important at the college level. It's recruiting. And they're also very picky and they're able to do that now, especially they're at the level where they're able to do that. So Drew Timmy returning obviously was a big deal. It was also not surprising for some because I think that a lot of people have made the assertion that Drew Timmy is not going to translate well into the NBA. And also obviously the NIL landscape changing the way it has, that's obviously makes it a little bit more appealing to for him to return. But with that in mind, 
you have that still factored in, you lose Chet Holmgren and you bring in someone like Efton Reed, the LSU transfer, not necessarily a traditional big man, which is what they love. They want somebody who can do a little bit more than just that. It's not a replacement for Chet Holmgren, but if there's anything I trust, it's Mark Few's recruiting. And so I do think that you're still going to see them towards the top of this board. You're going to continue to see short odds on them, which is very unfortunate because there's not really, it seems like ever a good time to get in on Gonzaga uh, as far as future odds, because you can get them before the season. And you're still probably going to get a low price because people are going to rate them similar to you, obviously, in that second, first range. And then during the season, they play in the WCC and they're just going to dominate game in and game out. And so you're just not really going to see an opportunity necessarily to get in better on them. So I do have them up near the top. And that's just this program is historical. And if there's anything, like I said, they do well, it's, it's recruiting. And so I trust that they're going to be able to replace what they've lost, which is very yep. little. I totally agree with you there. You wind up losing Chet Holmgren, which for anyone that's taking a look at Summer League right now, <laughs> depending upon what time you wind up looking at Twitter, he's either going to be one of the top 10 players of all time or he's a scrawny little wimp that is not going to do anything in the NBA. It's very interesting right. to see how that winds up working, but that is the day and age that we wind up living in in sports. And Danielle, I appreciate the fact that on the CityCast for Los Angeles, you do a good job of neither putting him in the top 10 of all time and or a scrawny little wimp that should not be playing basketball whatsoever. You keep a little bit more of a level head than that, and you do a great job of being able to take a look at the landscape of Los Angeles. And I know that there's a lot going on. We've had a, shall we say, tumultuous season for the Angels, a relatively mm-hmm. solid one thus far for the LA Dodgers. I know that you've got a lot of football to take a look at for the upcoming months to get set for as well. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap on the CityCast for Los Angeles and how people come along with all your work on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so it's pretty straightforward. I'm just at Danielle Alvari. It's A-L-V-A-R-I. And the Los Angeles CityCast, as you mentioned, we have a lot to dive into. We're going to start getting into football coverage here a little bit as we head towards the end of July. Look at all the Chargers and the Rams. We're a wealth of teams here in Los Angeles. And obviously, Obviously, yes, the Dodgers, an incredible season so far, but somehow underperforming just because the expectations are so high. The Angels are seemingly self-destructing. So there's always something entertaining. And I'm always going to talk about the WNBA as well, which has been so profitable this year. And so if you're not watching, what are you doing? Yep. And the WNBA is getting more and more coverage. And for those of you guys that find baseball to be boring, it is another betting option until we do wind up getting into the football season because, well, college basketball, we're not going to have any games to be able to bet on until November. And you can only take so many futures before it's like, man, this has just gotten a little bit overboard right here as well. And Danielle does a great job on that front. And on top of that, for those that like TikTok videos, Danielle does a great job of being able to deliver the goods on those as well. And it's always great to get Danielle on this podcast. Big thanks to her for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And, and we wound up keeping it a little bit shorter today just because not a lot going on in terms of transfer news, what have you. But have no fear because more conference previews are going to be on the way on this podcast. Plan on doing the Ryzen League this week. If I have time, we will try to bust out Conference USA as well. And We're going to be diving into quite a few of these conference previews in the upcoming weeks, starting to come fast and furious with those because, well, we are starting to have these rosters crystallized for the upcoming season. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at jnrs41. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day on this 
this podcast. Here's some notes of college basketball along with conference previews when we don't have games and when games are back. Picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.